advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call the shop, the barbershop, the Spider-Man, the man about town, uh, 10-year NFL veteran, Sean Barber, and senior team reporter, Matt McMullen. Coming off the bye week, it's the restart. I've been giving you guys these racing analogies all year. This is when you get restarted on the after the caution, you drop the green flag, and everybody just goes fast and furious again. That's where we are. This edition will be called Are You the Hammer or Are You the Nail? Because here comes the Tennessee Titans and King Henry, Derrick Henry himself. So just first of all, I'm going to start with you, Shot. Before we go around the world, we're going to hit, hit that. Uh, but just getting things cranked up again. Well, I kind of feel like even um, here on, on, on air, we got to kind of knock some of this rust off, you know, <laughs> not being uh, being part of T- uh, DDK for a few weeks. Um, yeah, I feel like I got to knock some of my rust off, but uh, it's been an amazing uh, few couple of weeks um, around town. The ambassadors have been doing a phenomenal stuff, um, definitely commu- community-driven, uh, purpose-driven, um, faithfully, spiritually, um, just finding some oneness and some purpose behind w- all we do. And congratulations to uh, yourself and, I guess, um, Miss Tammy with all the work she's done with the um, Sports Commission here in Kansas City. Uh, we had a phenomenal night awarding some of those um, officers um, as we did a Kansas City version of the draft. And you were on the clock <laughs> at our standing time doing that. It was awesome to have you and Dante Hall and Kathy Nelson, the Sports Commission, and honoring folks in law enforcement in, uh, in the Chiefs' kingdom. All right, Matt, you had a chance to – Take a breath, uh, and now the car is back on the track, and everybody's revved up and going. Yeah, the bye is is like a holiday in the NFL because we all <laughs> love football. We obviously want to be playing a football game, but we have to work a lot of other holidays. Yeah. So when you have the bye week, like everyone leaves. It's not just the team; like all the business staff, everyone goes on vacation or just relaxes and does something else. Uh, I went to the zoo on Thursday. My wife works at the zoo; she's our communications manager. So I went to the zoo on Thursday with my mom. Got to walk around, just enjoy mm-hmm. it, and uh, of course we trade for Kadarius Tony as soon as I arrived at the zoo. So it never fully stops, but uh, nice to get a break. One thing I found funny is Carlos Dunlap spoke uh, at the podium earlier today, and he mentioned that uh, other places he's been, they haven't had the entire week off and how nice that was as a player to have a really tough training camp mm-hmm. and to start the season strong at 5-2 and two, and then to find out, hey, you have the entire week off and to go away and just take care of whatever you need to. Uh, the players really appreciate that. So I know the guys are excited to be back. We're excited to be back, and uh, we're going to attack the second half of the season. And that's Coach Reed. Everything's calculated. Yes. He, that's 20, almost 25 years. It's his 24th year as a head coach. He knows what works and doesn't work. And to use that by as a true pit stop and a holiday, like the way you put that, for really the whole organization uh, is very well stated, but that's the way Coach does it. And it's legendary. He's 20-3 and three after buys, 12-1 and one in home games after buys. So here's a home game after a bye against King Henry and the Tennessee Titans, although I'm going to get to a stat, which is really crazy, uh, in a second. I'll just throw it, put it out there, and then we'll get to it later. But Coach Reed, think about how awesome he's been. Fifth all-time in NFL history. He's, if he gets playoff win, he's going to tie Tom. He's one and eight against the Titans. Mm. One and eight. It's crazy. In the regular season against the Titans. We'll get into that in a second. But first, let's go around the world. 
You know what I love about Mitch is he texted me that at like 11:30 last night. So I just know he's just like deep in like you know the research, and he just texts me, and I'm just like that is insane. Let's turn that around. Hope here. Matt's not sleeping because this is. You a, know I'm not. Yeah, I know you're not. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go around the world. I have 23 of them today. All right. Wow. 20. Well, the bye week we've. Yeah, we've accumulated. we've accumulated some. You know, I could save some of these for next week, but let's just do them all right now. All right. Let's Why do not? it. So we have Jamie and his son Max. They're from California. My mom went to the Bills game alone. <laughs> my dad couldn't go. My wife couldn't go. So she went alone. And she met Jamie and Max at the game. And they're from California. Max is a huge Chiefs fan, but they had never been to an NFL game before. Wow. And they had planned this trip to go to the Bills game for like nine months. And they went to the game. Obviously a tough loss, but they still had a wonderful time. Got to know my mom. So uh, shout out to Jamie and his son, Max. Uh, I mentioned I was at the zoo on Thursday. Ran into a DTK listener. At the zoo. A uh, kingdom defender at the zoo. Yep, over by the lions in that area. <laughs> okay. uh, you know who you are, so shout out to you. Uh, <laughs> so we've also, also got uh, Bert in Baldwin Park, California. Uh, a listener in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Mm. Jared in Newark, Delaware. Mike in Yukon, Oklahoma. Luke in St. Petersburg, Florida. He declared it Arrowhead, Tampa. Uh, we've got Matt from Clark, South Dakota. Sawyer in Sunrise, Florida, but originally from Aurora, Missouri, outside Springfield, otherwise known as the epicenter of DTK, because mm-hmm. all of our listeners are from Springfield, it seems like, nowadays. Uh, we've got Billy in Suffolk, Virginia. Uh, Daniel in Dallas, Texas. BA. Uh, Gail in uh, Abingdon, United Kingdom. We've heard from Gail before. Mm-hmm. Mitch in Fayette, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Morgan family from Good Hope, Missouri, 30 miles from Springfield. Uh, Eli from Israel. He flew in for the Chiefs 49ers game and said it was well worth it. Saw a mm-hmm. great game. Uh, remember our listener from Duncan, Oklahoma? Yeah. So that listener checked back in. He has a six-year-old daughter whose favorite thing in the world is hearing you yell, touchdown Kansas City. <laughs> Her name is Faith Marie. So she says hello. Hello, Faith. And uh, Proverbs 22.6, train a child is when they're young and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Never. Yeah. So she'll be seeing that at her wedding day. Yes, you should. Um, we've got Josh in Jefferson City, Missouri. Larry in Bakerton, Pennsylvania. We've heard from Larry before. We have a listener from Lee's Summit North High School. Mm-hmm. Dan in Norman, Oklahoma. Jay in Northeast Florida. Timothy in Marysville, Kansas. And remember Red from Southeast Kansas? Yeah. Did we finally get a town? We sure did. So he apologized. Thank you, Red. And he says uh, he is from Parsons, Kansas. Oh, home of the Vikings. Come on, man. Put it out there. Sean Hill, the longtime NFL quarterback. Sean Hill is from Parsons, Kansas. Played with, like, there's 32 teams. He played with 18 of them. (laughs) Josh Johnson. Yeah. He's Josh Johnson before Josh Johnson. But Sean Hill, man, you're from Parsons. Put it out there. Uh, And Twitter was active for for all of us here. You saw the van from San Jose de Vail. Mexico, I'm not saying that right, but had the oh, Chiefs yeah. decal on it. How cool was that? That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, then we had the whole Colorado thing going on Twitter. Did you see that? The little Andy Reid uh-huh, for Halloween. And then it was like Monument, Colorado. And then it was, uh, what was some of these other towns I was looking at? Probably My, Centennial. And- yeah. They're just So, anyway, appreciate everybody uh, in the Chiefs kingdom. All right. Here comes King Henry. And the theme of this Defending the Kingdom episode is hammer or nail. Are you the hammer or are you the nail? And we're going to take King Henry because he deserves some time here. Present, past, and future. Mm. So we're going to take things out of context here just a little bit. But you played defense in this league, Shop. You played against some bruising running backs. But right now, with apologies to Saquon Barkley, 
there's nobody that's is bruising or is a throwback to the 70s and 80s as King Henry, Derrick Henry, the Titans. Yeah, he kind of um, has evoked the spirit of like a, a Jim Brown. I mean, yeah, he, he's he Jim Brown. He doesn't look to avoid contact. He accepts it. He actually uh, welcomes it. Um, he's always looking to give that that powerful stiff arm to put somebody on his highlight video. Um, but with a running back like that, I think I've heard Andy Reid say it numerous times. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame running back playing in current day. I mean, it's just he. Know, we all know he's going to end up in Canton. It's just how long he's going to continue to play um, at the level is he playing now. And he's the first option, the second, and the last option. They've got rid of A.J. Brown, and he has took all of the pressure of that offense and put it on his shoulders, and he's been able to carry him um, to, 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 to four wins and be able to do some really remarkable things when everybody knows he's getting the ball. Defenses, we, we, we create defenses to overload uh, holes he's going through. When you know he's going through a, a B gap or a C gap run, it's not good enough just to put one defender in that gap. You have to find ways to creatively uh, put an extra man in that gap because you tell one guy to go low, one guy to go high. It takes two guys to get this man down, and you always want to get him down before he gets vertical. You want to make them go horizontal, sideline to sideline as much as possible so you can gather, you can swarm, you can get to him because he's a grown man and it takes more than one guy to get him down. So from a defensive philosophy, he, he's kind of a, a, a unicorn out there. Not, not many teams have him. It's, it's impossible to uh, create a practice environment like you're going to see on game day, but it's a, a mentality and mindset you have to have. You have to um, – everybody, all 11 guys have to make a commitment to each other that they're going to swarm to the football each and every down because it only takes one one play. One play, one missed tackle, and he does have the speed and acceleration to beat you to the end zone. Yeah, we've seen that. That'll get into the pass segment of this, but the 68-yard run against the Chiefs in the 35-32 yeah. win by the Titans uh, back in 2019 is a prime example. That's what just kind of popped into my head as you were saying that. It's interesting. Uh, he's trying to defy – physics here not mm -hmm. just the current physics of football and what it is it's like having an old it's like listening to an old song like like hearing something like uh like Smokey the, Robinson Smokey Robinson or the OJs <laughs> or something like you're going wow that was pretty cool but this it's but there has been no running back 27 years or older that has been in the top 10 in this league in rushing I think there's only been four in the last five seasons he's 28 years old he turned 28 on January the 4th and here he is again Matt getting this load of 28 or 29 times a game. Mm. You grew up as a youngster loving the Chiefs when Larry Johnson yeah. was this guy, yeah. Yeah. getting 30 carries a game. Yeah, and 420 carries in the season. I think wow. that's still an NFL record for him. It is, although he may be <laughs> – Derek may be going after it this year. Yeah, but what he's done in his career and how he's kind of defying physics is a macrocosm of what he does in each individual game because he gets better as the game goes on. Mm -hmm. Typically, guys like him want to punch you in the mouth in the first quarter, but it's just human nature. As the game goes on, you can't keep doing that, right? I think about the best power pitchers in baseball, and the best power pitchers are the ones that get better and their velocity goes up as the game goes on. Mm -hmm. That's how Henry is. And Henry might be stuffed for a two-yard gain, three-yard gain, one-yard gain. You're feeling really good about how you're defending him in the first half, and then in the third and fourth quarter, he's still coming at you. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned how good he is after contact. He is 642 yards after contact this season. That would rank fifth in the NFL in rushing all by itself. Mm -hmm. And he's second in the NFL uh, in rushing total with 755 yards. He averages 23.7 attempts per game. That's most in the NFL. And he's explosive. He has 21 rushes of 10 or more yards. Only Nick Chubb has more. And I haven't actually looked this up, but I would bet most of those explosive runs are in the second half of games. 
when yes. the defense is getting tired and they think they're performing well against him, and all of a sudden he pops one. And that's why he's so dangerous. And you can't keep the game close against the Titans because if you keep it close, it stays in their wheelhouse. It's what they want to do is run the football. They don't want to throw the football a whole bunch. They want to keep giving it to King Henry. And if the game is close, they can keep doing that. It only takes one big run by him to really break the game open for their offense. So uh, got to make sure for the Chiefs offense, they're keeping the pressure on the Titans, that forcing them to score. And uh, the defense, just keep at it the entire time. Yeah, it's bringing up an interesting point. I want to get this right. So only four running backs, 27 years or older, have been in the top 10 rushing the last five years. So it's what we've seen with running backs. They get to the 27, 28-year-olds, particularly if they're getting a lot. I just remember the leg whip by A.J. Hawk on Larry Brown, uh, Larry Brown, on Larry Johnson late in that 2007 season, and L.J. was never the same after that. Um, Okay, so when you look, though, too, uh, you mentioned Chubb. Chubb's got nine 20-plus yard runs, while King Henry's sitting there at five. But, but he just keeps hammering away, as you mentioned. But let's talk about the past here just a little bit. Derrick Henry has never lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season. He's 3-0. and Okay? The 68-yard run comes to mind. His longest run this year has been 41 yards. So he hasn't had the 50-plus run that a Chubb will get or a Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. will get. But let's talk about the hammer and the nail here. Are you the hammer or are you the nail? And let's talk about how the Chiefs, I, to me, are a little bit better equipped on playing him because the Chiefs are more physical this year, they're faster, um, and they're more athletic. You mentioned getting guys to the ball, but what about protecting cutback lanes too? Because he will, if you overflow, will find the gap. Yeah, and, and they do a great job of cutting on the backside. They want to get the defensive line down on the ground on the backside, and once he figures and he sees a glimpse of a D lineman not on his feet, he'll make that cutback that we call it that one plant and go and he'll attack a backside gap and um, just split your defense. Um, the linebackers have to do a great job of gap integrity. Um, obviously, Bolton and Gay um, have been doing a phenomenal job. I mean, that's the one thing I think we've seen different in our defense um, going a year back to now is that um, taking out, um, you know, the Hawkeyes, I call them the Hawkeyes with Hitchens um, and Neiman, and we take out both of the Hawkeyes and we um, implant Bolton and Willie Gay, those guys are just so much more equipped to be able to come downhill and smack you and um, um, really play the run gaps the way um, defenses are supposed to be played. Um, the, 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 the other thing you have to do when you talk about a, a, a downhill runner like um, King Henry is you can't let him get started. It, it's so important in those first five or six yards, you have to do something to make him change his direction because he's like a, a bulldozer gets rolling. And when that bulldozer, that, that boulder gets rolling downhill, it gains so much momentum, no one's going to be able to stop him. But if you can get him to put on his brakes early and change direction and then have to restart, that's when you have a chance to let all those wolves and you start to hunt as a pack. Everybody else gets to the ball and do whatever you got to do to get him down at that point. Um, but I think that's what you see over and over again when he gets uh, tackled for no game or sh- you know, short yardage. It's a group tackle. Um, it's not one-on-one. Um, and I think the more we see that happen during the game, and like you're saying, you got to stay fresh. You got to be have you know have have guys uh, to play in different phases. We got to you know rotate the D line, rotate the linebackers. I'm not worried about the secondary. Our safeties do a phenomenal job of uh, doing run support from our safety standpoint. But our linebackers and D line have to be kept fresh so that late in the game in the second half we don't see those uh, four and five yard gains become eight and ten yard gains, especially on first and second down. Yeah, that's why I see it. Like I like Darius Harris and the time that he got yes. and the, as good as he played uh, when Willie Gay Jr. had a suspension. 
bench, and it was heartwarming to see because he can rotate mm-hmm. in and you have confidence in him. And then Leo Chanel, it's a big week for him as well, as Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton. Uh, but you brought up something, Matt, I want to ask you more about here, is trying to get the Titans into some kind of discomfort. Uh, and we saw it in the only time that Derrick Henry's lost to the Chiefs ever, and that was the AFC Championship game. But this year, in first possessions, the first offensive possession for teams throughout the NFL, the Titans are first, and they're tied with Buffalo, and they're tied with Minnesota. They have 28 points on their very first possession. That's four touchdowns. If you can hold them away from – they'll stay with the run. They and the, and the Ravens are the two teams in this league. They're down two scores. They will not abandon the run. Mm-hmm. However, they feel uncomfortable. And you talked about creating some discomfort for them by getting ahead of the pace. Yeah, that Buffalo game is interesting. I could be wrong here, but I believe they scored first, and it was seven to nothing Tennessee, and they lost forty-one to seven. It's pretty wild how it works that way. But when they're on schedule, they're pretty good, and when they can run the ball like they want to, they're they're a good team. They're uh, I think they're being kind of disrespected, honestly, nationally. They're five and two. They've won five games in a row, uh, and they're powerful in the trenches on both sides. But when they have to throw the football a bunch, that's when they're uncomfortable. And if you look back to 2019, so between then and now, it's a lot of games, uh, they're 11 and 12 when they throw the ball 30 or more times. Mm. When they throw the ball less than 30 times in a game, I believe they're 26 and 7. So that says it all right there. So if you can keep the pressure on them offensively, if you're the Chiefs, and if they have to keep up with you, Derrick Henry is really good. But the reality is, unless he breaks a big run, it's very difficult to keep in a game if you're consistently down and you have to only rely on running the football, you're going to have to throw the football. And Ryan Tannehill, if he plays in this game, it's been an up and down year, six touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been fine. And Malik Willis is a rookie. He struggled against the Texans last week. Didn't really matter because the Titans ran for over 300 yards in that game. Uh, But he didn't show that he could beat you with his arm yet. So that has to be the game plan, whether it's Willis or Tannehill, force them to beat you with their arm. And if they do, you tip your cap to them. And frankly, if you look at the game last year against the Titans, the play-action passing game is what really hurt the Chiefs. Yes. Because the idea of Derrick Henry is so intimidating that they uh, attempted 11 play-action passes against the Chiefs in that game. A.J. Brown was a big, big benefactor of all those play-action passes. A.J. Brown is no longer in Tennessee. Julio Jones isn't in there either. He uh, started that game for the Titans. So force these receivers to beat you through the air. Do not let Derrick Henry beat you. That has to be the game plan this week. Yeah, they still have Westbrook Aquina, but it's like Robert Woods now, and it's just they're, they're throwing it even less. I mean, Malik Willis had one pass attempt in the entire second half. Mm-hmm. It's the NFL. He threw it one time. He threw the pick. You could see Vrabel just kind of go, <laughs> you ain't throwing it no more <laughs> in this game. But I want to ask you something. I'm going to ask Coach Reed about this on pregame, on the radio pregame, because in looking at Tennessee, and Matt and I were talking about this earlier in the week, as a fan, we think they're blocking the same play like it looks like the same play, but they may block it different. Yes. So now as a defender, you played in this league over a decade, it looks like the same play, but what about being ready when they block it differently? Um, and this refers back to, like, even high school football. That veer game, a downhill running game, the blocks happen so fast in the trenches that sometimes your defensive end, your seven technique, the five technique, the defensive tackles, they assume that the guard is coming down on them. They assume that the center uh, chipped up on them. And really it's a combo block. It's a tackle coming all the way down, uh, washing your D-line down, and now the guard and the center both pull out, and you just don't have enough bodies out there to account for uh, all the blockers. And that leaves a a running back like uh, King Henry downhill, 
um, um, no one to, to even make him um, uh, change his, his path or direction. He's already into your secondary before somebody uh, makes him change or even slow down. And that's not what you want. You want to uh, double team. You want to feel. You want a two gap. You want to do all these things. You want to slant the D line. You want to do everything to throw off their blocking scheme because when you run the ball as much as Tennessee does, they have to find multiple ways of blocking the same way the same play many different ways. Yeah. So you're going to see a power trap. You're going to see a veer. You're going to see a toss, crack toss. But the way they block and who accounts for the corner, the safety, the linebacker, is going to be three or four different ways. And they can get it accomplished so many different ways because all they want to do is make that defensive uh, uh, run force guy hesitate. Just hesitate a moment so they can create that little vertical scene because he's going to exploit it. And when he exploits it, that leads to those big plays. Yeah, so let's get to where we'll close it out this way in this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Are you the hammer or are you the nail? Yeah. Uh, because the Chiefs got some hammer in them too now. Let's, we're going to get to that, and I'm going to ask you about it. But I'm going to ask you, Matt, about where I think this Tennessee team is disrespected. And sometimes we love offense so much because of fantasy football, and the lights are so bright on King Henry that we don't see this defense. Jeffrey Simmons is a player. Bud Dupree is a player. Kevin Byard is is a player. Tennessee has this physical nature offensively, but they actually have the character of their head coach, Mike Vrabel, and it carries through to their defense. And I don't think when you look at what their defense has done, 11 takeaways, excuse me, we talked about that, but this defense is a huge reason they're five and two. So your thoughts on this Tennessee defense, because the Chiefs are going to have to handle their business. They're really good in the trenches. And Jeffrey Simmons is playing on an injured ankle right now. He played 38 snaps last week against the Texans, kind of on a pitch count. He had seven pressures. It's Titan toughness. (laughs) He had seven pressures in that game. I mean, on an injured ankle as a defensive lineman is really impressive. Uh, He has five and a half sacks this year. Danico Autry has been good this season, too. He has five sacks. Uh, it really begins with their defensive front. They're the best third down defense in the NFL. They're allowing conversions at just a 25.6% clip. Nobody is better. And if you look at third and short, they've faced eight third and ones this year, only allowed two first downs mm-hmm. on those. So stout in the trenches. You think on a third and one, most teams are like feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> just give it to your running back uh, and you'll pick up the first down. The Titans take that seriously. Yes, they and do. they're very good in the trenches. All starts up front with them. They're the number two rushing defense in the NFL as well. Uh, they're allowing just 89.1 rushing yards per game. And during their five-game winning streak, no team has topped 100 rushing yards against them. So they're stout up front. All begins up there. You can get them over the top for the big play. They've allowed 17 passes of 25 or more yards this year. That's number six uh, in the NFL. So uh, you can do that against them, but they're very stout up front. That's where it all begins. Yeah, I mean, that's underrated. they got other guys to Marcus Walker, Mario Edwards. It kind of – drafted to their defense they picked up free agents to their defense but you got to respect their defense so let's close this way how do the Chiefs be the hammer in this game because people are thinking the hammer nail how can the Chiefs hammer a Titan team which let's be honest here let's back it up with coach Reed being one and eight against these guys in the regular season against everybody else in the league he only has three teams he's got losing records against uh it's the Colts uh I think the Bengals maybe but these guys he's one and eight against them I'm like that's why I texted Matt late at night. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this can't this be is, right. This can't be right. <laughs> but we know Coach can bring a hammer. Yeah, he can. So let's talk about the Chiefs being the hammer in this game. I think the great thing is coming off a of bye week, um, having you know over 10 days to just prepare for what we're going to see, um, letting the guys recharge their batteries, no no aches and bruises. Everybody, I mean, I think the team is going to be as close to 100% as far as injuries as we can imagine the team being at this point of the season. 
And it's going to be a game where we're going to, I think, see Coach Andy Reid challenge our guys in the trenches. We're going to attack them right at the belly of the beast. We're going to attack them right where the nose tackle, where their strongest defensive linemen, the Bud Dupree's and the Jeffrey Simmons. We're going to attack them right where their, strong, their strength lies because you know that every team, um, there's some defensive captains. And if you can take those guys out of the play, if you can take those guys out of the game plan and you can really um, um, do what you want with those guys, everybody else will fall. And when you talk about the hammer and the nail, I, I see that we put the nail right on those two guys, Bud Dupree and Jeffrey Simmons, and we're just going to keep banging that head, that, that head of that nail until both of those guys say, no, Moss, get me out the game. And everybody else on the defense will then fold. That's the head of the defense. That's the, that's the beast. Um, those are the two guys that really, I think, bring that, that arrogance that um, Variable has as a head coach. It's a, it's a defensively, it's a, it's a different variation of what Belichick does. They're going to double team Kelsey. They're going, they're going, they're going to make him uh, living a uh, nightmare for him trying to get off the line. They're going to dare us to throw it to other places, um, play some trick coverages to try to um, get Mahomes to, to, to think it's something that's not created. They, I'll say all they want is one turnover. They're going to run the ball, try to take uh, time of possession, control that the entire game. They just want one turnover, and they think that one turnover is going to lead them to a victory. Matt, your thoughts? How do the Chiefs the hammer in this game? Well, first of all, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not, but Coach Reed is quite good after the bye. Not sure if you've yeah. heard that one. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. um, little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. He's 20-3 and three after the bye. It's like the most well-known stat in the NFL world, right? We always hear it around this time of year. Um, why is he so good after the bye? Well, he has extra time to prepare. So I feel good about that on one end. He's very good uh, after the bye. The Chiefs need to continue being exceptional in the red zone offensively. This is something else we talked about this week because we get excited about this kind of thing. The Chiefs are the number one red zone offense in the NFL in terms of converting red zone trips into touchdowns. It's over 75%. And that's despite having the most red zone trips in the NFL with 30. Like sometimes it can be deceiving. The Titans actually fall into this category. They're number two in red zone touchdown efficiency. Makes sense when you have King Henry on the goal line. But they have 17 red zone trips. It's near the bottom of the league, so it's mm -hmm. deceiving, right? The Chiefs have the most red zone trips and the highest red zone touchdown efficiency uh, percentage. So the Chiefs need to keep that up and keep the offensive pressure on Tennessee, like we've yes. been talking about this entire time. Score as often as you possibly can and make Mike Vrabel think we've got to pass to keep up with this team. That's what you have to do. If you let Tennessee stick around all game, if it's late in the fourth quarter and it's we're in the mud, it's 17-17, that's Tennessee's game. That's what they want this uh, to play out as. The Chiefs want to keep the offensive pressure on Tennessee throughout the game. It seems obvious, but against this team especially, uh, that is just paramount. And I mentioned how good Tennessee is on third down defensively. The Chiefs are the number one third down offense in the NFL. So answer that bell over and over again. Uh, make sure this uh, Tennessee defense feel defeated uh, early in the game, and uh, the Chiefs will be well on their way. But it's a great opportunity for the Chiefs once again uh, after the bye to keep this momentum rolling. They're feeling really good after the bye week, or going into the bye week, rather, at 5-2. and two. Let's keep that going here in the second half of the season. Yeah, to your point, in the red zone, these are the top two red zone teams. You alluded to that. The Chiefs have 10 more red zone touchdowns. The Titans are 13 to 17, and the Chiefs are 23 of 30. It's crazy. So as we'll close, I'll tell you how the Chiefs are the hammer. I think this is one of the tougher teams, physically, Andy Reid has had in his 10 years here. Definitely. This is getting closer to what you played with in Philadelphia with him, and people think because they throw the ball and they get 20-yard passing plays that they're soft. They're not. And you can talk about doubling Kelsey, but that's why Juju Smith-Schuster on the other side is so important. Because Juju is coming after you, and he'll get a catch an eight-yard hook and run for 40 yards. 
and the other tight ends are kind of catching up. The offensive line is a tougher offensive line uh, pieced together now the second year together. Um, and then I think defensively, we already mentioned, more athletic, tougher. They mentioned the safeties. Justin Reed played against these guys in the same division. Yes. He played King Henry for four years, twice a year. So it's not like, okay, it's these guys, right? This is just a better overall team, I think, from a physical, mental, and emotional toughness standpoint. And I'll add one thing, Mitch. If you look at how different players are making big plays on this offense, the Chiefs have 37 plays of 20 or more yards this year. It's tied with Buffalo for the most in the NFL. It's not one dude with 37 of those. Travis Kelsey has nine of them. Juju has six of them. And MVS has six of them. It's all over the place. Yeah. And if they want to double Kelsey, if they want to put a bracket on him, Juju or MVS has repeatedly showed that they could answer the bell. So very exciting for the makeup of this team. And nine total guys for the Chiefs. That's number one in the NFL with those big plays. Nine total. They can spread it around, horizontal, vertical, and – it's the top two punters in the NFL in this game. So throw that in there as well. <laughs> He's Matt McMullen. Follow him. He's awesome. He's Matt Stat. He's Sean Barber. Barbershop. Uh, Shopalicious. Follow him. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, and we'll close this way. Are you the hammer or are you the nail? Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead. <laughs>